my memories of seeing brothers bleed and everybody crease, but still nobody sees. Recollect your thoughts, don't get caught up in the mix, cause the media is full of dirty tricks. Only God can dress. Alright, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. Um, keeping it moving here. Um, so let's transition a little bit into the NFL. We do have week eight uh, that's kicking off uh, tonight uh, in Buffalo as you've got the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, coming into town, coming off of a loss. Uh, they're facing the Buffalo Bills. Bills are about a nine-and-a-half-point favorite tonight at home. Um, when you look at Buffalo, and we kind of talked about this Monday when we came in here, we broke down uh, the games and stuff like we do. Uh, we talked about Buffalo, and and I kind of said that, hey, you know, them being at four and three um, is – pretty much from a disappointing standpoint through seven games or seven weeks of the season. Uh, I don't think too many people would have had Buffalo at four and three, uh, but the reality of it is that's where we're that where they're at. Um, so when we look at Buffalo and you look at this game tonight, and I know I had the question in the docket that I was asking, like if we really talk about it, should Buffalo make a move at the deadline? Okay. It's crazy because those are usually questions you ask like in baseball and basketball. But now in NFL, when you look at the Christian McCaffrey trade last year and yada before, it's like you have to ask a question. A team that has Super Bowl expectations um, that definitely should be playoff bound, find themselves only a game above 500. Um, They've got I think they've got what? Two division losses or one? No, because they beat Miami. They've got one. No, they've got two. two. They've got Jets Jets and the Patriots. Jets and the Patriots. They sit four and three. So the question is, should they make a trade at the deadline? And this topic is being discussed in football circles. And the obvious answer to everybody who says yes, the one person that they'll on the one person in one position, I should say, that they go to is the running back position. And Derrick Henry name keep comes up. Now, one thing we haven't got to this week is the Tennessee Titans, Adam Longoria, is basically on their verge of having a fire sale or, you know, basically trading off pieces. Now, the report has it this week, and I don't know, they debating and making a change at quarterback and starting Levitz, which I don't know why in the hell you wouldn't start Malik and you mean to tell me Levitz, and I understand he was drafted in the second round, but he's ready to go and just screw. They, they need to move on from Willis. They need to give Willis an opportunity to go to another organization, compete for whether it's a backup or starter position. They need to make a move. They need to get him out of Tennessee and hold that thought. The reason why I'm, I'm heavy on Tennessee because the Black Paul Revere wrote in here last year, and even I got pushed back from the Tennessee congregation that Tennessee was really going through a retool slash borderline rebuild. That was last year. They didn't make the playoffs. Okay. Or did they? No, they didn't make the playoffs last year. Did they? I don't think they did. But this year, from these reports, it sounds like they might be ripping the Band-Aid all the way off. So once again, 
I knew they were headed this way. They kind of really started all last year. But when you talk about Buffalo, bringing back to Buffalo, the consensus is running back. And I kind of constantly sit there and say that it's not a skill problem in Buffalo with a running back. It's a philosophy problem. That's why they can't. They show glimpses of it, but they can't do it consistently yet for four quarters. That's why they're sitting at four and three. I think if they're going to make a move at the deadline, it probably needs to be for a pass rusher. Because unfortunately, Von Miller, okay, he got the money. He got the bag, rightfully so. He deserved that. He was coming off another Super Bowl, um, you know, winning another Super Bowl with the Rams. Um, Buffalo been starving for a pass rush, you know. You, that to me is what's really been, besides the philosophy and allowing Josh Allen to really just like sink or swim with him and live and die with him, fitting, you know, balls through tight windows, paws, you know, basically sitting there running around, don't want to slide, don't want to run out of bounds, taking unnecessary hits. Those are all in the mix of the forefront. But the other part of this is, that Von Miller contract, because of his injury and because he's getting a little bit longer to tooth, it's not it's not aging well because they really don't get consistent pressure from the defensive side of the ball. Now, the other equation is that. That's the brother Leslie Frazier decided to take a year off and is no longer the defensive coordinator. But when I look at tonight's game at home, you have a Tampa Bay Bucks team that's coming in that I think has played better than a lot of people expected, including myself. Uh, Baker has had pretty much a decent first half of the season, has played well. Um, you know, had a pretty much yeah, game last week. But the bottom line is, I think this is a game, too. I expect Buffalo coming off a loss um, to win this game. They should win this game. But wouldn't be surprised if this is closer than what the experts and the people in the desert, the lines makers, are making it to be. Uh, due to the fact that Tampa has shown that they can play, you know, pretty much complimentary football if they need to. The defense has been pretty stellar. I mean, um, you know, my guy um, Todd Bowles has been able to keep them pretty much intact. And Baker's done a good job over the course of the season, not really creating too many turnovers. So I just feel like if you're Buffalo, in my opinion, I think if you're going to make a trade at the deadline or make a move, it should be for a pass rush. Well, what were you going to say? Well, a few things um, within there to kind of address. Uh, tonight, Baker Mayfield on the report is questionable, okay. um, but Tom Pelissero of NFL.com uh, is, is reporting that both him and Chris Godwin are expected to play despite their questionable designation. Uh, Vita Vea is questionable and will be a true game time decision is the report on him as early hours this morning. Uh, looking elsewhere too on there, Josh Allen somewhat banged up right shoulder uh, on the official injury report. Vaughn Miller, uh, full participant, he doesn't have a designation at all. On the injury report, Ed Oliver, on the other hand, is questionable when you talk about that pass rush. Mm -hmm. um, and they're down two tight ends. Dawson Knox is out and Quentin Morris. Uh, so Kincaid's going to get some real run. Um, you're right on the pass rush. I know a lot of people, you know, the almost like the, the layup answer is, you know, um, running back. Uh, but uh, Joe Biscaglia over at The Athletic does, you know, his... 
He covers. He writes on the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. He said he notes defensive tackle is their top need oh, and has yeah. cornerback and linebacker within their two of their top five needs ahead of, ahead of the trade deadline as to where they could make moves. So definitely, you know, kind of on that defensive side, and I feel like that kind of fits right in line with what McDermott's wanting to do. You know, especially without Frazier, that's where it's really at because you can try and do the run game, but if you can't stop anybody. Then you're then you end up asking too much of Josh Allen again um, to come in there and do it. Last point that I want to get around to, and uh, I guess in, in kind of in support of Adam Longoria, uh, Malik Willis and Will Levis will split time. Oh, then uh, that is what Vrabel said. Uh, he's okay. doubled down on the fact, and this is ESPN within the last hour or two confirming. Um, he said, "I never said that Will is going to be the starter. Both of them will play." So this is kind of like tryouts. This is a preseason game is almost the way he's approaching it. And you could see that this is the last opportunity for one of them to stay with the Titans and one of them to maybe move on. This could be Malik's last chance. What? Refresh my memory. What is the Titans' record again? Where do they sit at on their record? Let me know when you get that. Because the reason why I'm asking that is um, I didn't see that report that you just said that just coming down the wire. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And they are two and four. And they are on a two-game losing streak, so they were at I 500, mean, and Tannehill is out. So I mean, Adam, what the hell's going on, man? And what I mean by that is like that old adage goes. And I'm not saying I've been a big subscriber of it because it sounds too cliche to me, but the reality of that old adage goes like if you have two quarterbacks, the truth of it is you really don't have one. And this is not. Well, they have one. It's Ryan Tannehill. Right. I mean, what is Ryan? What did he suffer? What, what's Ryan? He's hurt. Oh, no, disabled. What's wrong with Ryan? Well, he's hurt. He's not playing this week. But I got to know because you know what? Like to me, I didn't focus in A too right much. High ankle sprain in the loss to the Titan uh, to the Ravens in London. And that game was two weeks ago. Uh, let me translation of this. It's two and four. Like, like, let's just make this clear. This in Division One college, this ain't the MAC, this ain't the Mountain West. This is the National Football League. And you mean to tell me a team that is only two games below 500? And this is a bye week, right? Then aren't they coming off of a bye week, if I'm not mistaken? Because they, did they get the bye after the London game? They didn't. I don't think they were idle this past week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they did not play this weekend. Right, so they were idle. So a team that's coming off of a bye week, a trip from London, that's only two games below 500, and you're pulling a move where you're basically sitting there and already turning the page to next year and evaluating the situation, which shocks the hell out of me considering who the head coach Mike Vrabel is. Now they can spin this all they want to with Ryan Tannehill, because I'll tell you right now, if they were in if if this was in December and Ryan Tannehill's feeling the exact same way he's feeling right now and they were in a playoff chase or a hunt, Ryan Tannehill would be playing. This is a performance situation. With Ryan Till. Let's just call it the way it is. Okay? But the crazy thing to me is that 
Vrabel is going to put them in this position to audition and say both guys are going to play, and it's you're two and four, and you're really kind of in the thick of things still because especially you know if you're talking about still competing for the division or whatever, you're not sitting at one five, you're not sitting at you know only one's zero for you're not in Carolina Panthers situation, you are sitting there at two and four, and you're making the decision. So my point is, the way I look at it, if you're to this point right now and you've got the reports early on during the week about potentially a trade, you know, Phillies were interested, I think, in one of their corners uh, that might get traded was a corner of safety. And now all of a sudden we hear this Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Buffalo should go get Derrick Henry. This is something that should have been truly, instead of putting the big toe in the water and tasting and testing how cold or hot it is, it should have been one all foot in going into the season. And last thing, you should have just ripped off the Band-Aid. But I digress. So back to the Bills tonight. Um, this is a game that they should win. This is a game they really have to win. Because uh, the one thing you don't want to do is turn this into two losses in a row. And now you're 4-4. Four and four Because the reality of it is, is you go back and you keep looking at those standards in the AFC North. And you look at the situation where you have the Miami Dolphins that are going to be set and ready to play the New England Patriots Sunday. They're a nine-and-a-half point favorite as well, too. Miami's coming off of a loss against Philly, so you would like to think Miami's probably going to get New England unless all of a sudden New England's have found something. They're going to continue to give Mac Jones a clear pocket and he can make some throws. And what do you know? All of a sudden we won two straight division games. I wouldn't bet on it. But the point is, this is a very important game tonight for Buffalo. You can't jack around. And, and I'm sorry, Buffalo, I love Coach McDermott. I love, you know, they've done a good job. He was the right guy needed at the time to instill some discipline, to build and build because they're not a free agent destination as well. Even the National Football League is Buffalo. You know, it takes a special person that wants to go live up in Buffalo six months out of the year and play football. Okay, so you got to do it through the draft. They've done it. They've had their quarterback. They found their franchise quarterback. He was the right place at the right time and the right coach for the situation. Just like I've always said, speaking of the Denver Broncos, when John Fox was brought in after the fiasco that went down as Josh McDaniels, John Fox was the right guy that Elway could have brought in at the time. I knew at that time there was very there was a slim chance to none. John Fox is the coach is probably not going to get you over the hump. He can get you there. That's why Chicago Bears went and came because, hey, we can get him competitive, but he just can't get over the hump. This coaching staff is not going to be the coaching staff, in my opinion, that gets Josh Allen and if Dig sticks around over the hump. They're just not because they keep on rolling out. They talk all this in the offseason. I know Jonas was giving me updates about, hey, they're going to be committed to a run. Josh Allen's going to take less attempts, less risk. And they try it. They talk about it. And they put the propaganda, the false rhetoric out there for the media to consume. And within four weeks of the NFL, they're back looking at the same, like the same Bills team, the same offensive team, the same hits Josh Allen's taking, the same forced balls that he's trying to shove down everybody's throat and windows. Pause. But it's just true. So they got to win tonight. If they lose against the Bucks, all hell's going to break loose in Buffalo. They'll be sitting four and four, and all of a sudden we got to see because you got to look at the standings in that north, man. Going in the season, we thought AFC East guaranteed two playoff spots. Not if the Bills going to continue to struggle, 
877-37-GRIND. Also, NFL news notes, it kind of got announced yesterday, but the Miami Dolphins have been the team elected to do the midseason hard knocks. And if you pay attention to Tua's reaction when he was asked about it, he straight up paused for like 12 seconds to 15 seconds before he answered. He doesn't look too happy about having to get cameras and everything come into the locker room and have this made for TV moment. But his teammate, okay, um, Xavier Howard, their cornerback, he wasn't he wasn't as bashful as Tua. He just came out and straight said straight up. He just said, hey, he goes, hard knocks is explicitive, blank, bad words. He just said, especially during the season, end quote. Um, this does show a locker room. I'm going to add, I'm going to hold that because I hear the music, I hear the cue music coming. I, I want to, you know, react to that, what that tells you about the locker room. Because I know some people are still like on the fence with Miami, especially after the performance against the Eagles, after the performance they saw against Buffalo. There are some people that's kind of on, regardless how many points they put up, are on the fence about them. I'll talk about that when we get back. And also, I've got a question about the Denver Broncos as they get ready to take on the Kansas City Chips this Sunday as well. We'll get into that. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. Everything you need and I like your smile, I don't want to see you cry Got some questions that I gotta ask and I hope you can come up with the answers then all right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. We have been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 87737-GRIND. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. 
Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come in different flavors. All right. Don't forget, they still have their Blazing Bloody Mary mix as well, too. Um, but that whatever you do, don't forget to Zing Zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the sports crime. All right. So the last point on the Dolphins is what that tells me in regards to the expression of Tua and their starting corner. I just feel like that is a good sign because it shows a team that is basically still trying to be focused to chase really what's important, doesn't want distractions. Now, that comes again from Tua spending his time in Alabama. But it also comes to me the question that I get it. Look, you know, as technology goes and things advance and, you know, you want to service your client, which in the case of sports, clients are the fans. Okay, just like in business, you have clients where in sports, the fans are the clients. I think in general, um, we need to pump the brakes a little bit on how much access we've got to give fans. Um, to me, it's and this is I mean, this is just coming. I didn't even want to really get all into this, but just actually as I, you know, think about it in real time about the reactions of Tua and then thinking about this midseason, you know, HBO hard knocks, which I've been on the record saying, like, I've been done with hard knocks training camp. I think it's watered down. It's washed away when you got to beg somebody to do it. Uh, but I've also said that if anything, if they're going to continue this, speaking of HBO sports, then the midseason type of thing maybe is a little bit more compelling. But as I say that, we've got to slow down in regards to how much – access we want to give fans prime example and and again these leagues are watching each other they're peeping over the fence and looking at the neighbor's yard they're looking at what's going on you know got neighbors looking at my yard like hey man the grass died we had a heat wave man water seems i'm gonna fix it but we got neighbors looking around and when you look at sports prime example last night and i know they tried different things I don't need Jason Kidd to be mic'd up while trying to coach a basketball game. When you look at baseball, they started it kind of last year. You know, the interviews, you know, they haven't really done it this year, but last year during the postseason, they experimented with interview and they did it some regular season games. Having a player in the outfield put on a, microphone to get interviewed while the game's going on the four-letter network did it and then you have the manager that have to manage and have to do interviews in between innings while they're managing a nine-inning game in the postseason my point is is that we have to ask our ourselves is the focus of the teams that you root for the players that you root for the coaches that you root for is it being compromised for more access? I think it's a fair question. Because I always look at, like, when does it stop? Are they want? Are they going to want, uh, you know, cameras to be able to go in and really look at what is going on in a locker room at halftime? I mean, when does it stop? And, but Miami, and I do feel like this is one of those situations to where, these are owner and NFL decisions. I mean, you know, from the reaction of the Miami Dolphins players, we know automatically this ain't something that was a team vote. Like, hey, guys, y'all want to be part of hard knocks? They're trying to choose some teams. These are decisions that are made by the owner, whether they want exposure, money involved, whatever, or sometimes the league just comes down like, hey, if nobody wants to 
volunteer, then we're going to pick somebody. Either way it goes, moral of the story, moral of the segment, be careful. I think we've gone a little bit too overboard with the access that we try to give fans. And number two, don't force it. Like it's one of the, and I don't know yet. I'm not saying the Miami didn't volunteer. They were forced, but I know it was a situation in the hard knocks that the jets were pretty much forced. And then they had to solid and everybody else had to lie and act like on camera. Oh, Hey, it's not so bad. I know we spoke publicly. We didn't want this two months ago, but yeah, we're here. So we'll make the best of it. Um, that's just the way I see. I mean, you even it was awkward last night seeing kid have to try to coach and call out plays. And how is that? I mean, in the in the time where we're trying to crucify a coach in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and we're trying to basically rain on their parade because they look like they're the most complete team. And we're talking about a bunk NCAA rule that nobody knew existed up until this story came to surface and basically sign stealing. And so and then also on top of that, we're telling we're having coaches say, man, this has been a part of the game. Like, yeah, it's got out of hand, this and this. So in the middle of that, we're going to sit there and we're OK with a coach being mic'd up and calling out plays in the NBA whether he has to switch those plays, whatever, like, so nobody at home that's playing in the NBA or coaching the NBA, nobody's at home and watching the four-letter networks broadcast telecast that has this. Some of the stuff just, it, it just amazes me. But that old Marty Dollar always changes a lot. 877-37-GRIND. All right, to the Denver Broncos, um, look, you know, they're getting ready to play the Kansas City Chiefs this Sunday. Um, they're coming off of a win, first win at home. They have this game at home. This is the second time in three weeks that they're going to play this team. Uh, we'll get more into it a little bit tomorrow. I'm not going to really spend that much time breaking down this game because, be honestly, I don't know exactly what Denver team is going to show up. Um, but And I don't know what the ultimate goal is because even with me, it's kind of fuzzy on really when you listen to Sean Payton's press conferences and you listen to some of the guys, you really don't know, which is a good thing. You really, cause last year, everything that everything in their mom was leaking stuff out of the locker room last year, but you really don't know what the ultimate thing they're trying to do or what the big goal is. Now, what I do know is that I do believe, and I've said this a lot over the last few days that the players coach Payton and the staff is trying to win games and improve. The question I have is that we've got trade rumors circulating. I know um, on Facebook Live, I had a question earlier from Shelby. Uh, she said, hey, Cal, I was reading about possible trade Lance to Denver for a linebacker. Jerry's going to extend Dak in the offseason, so why not deal Trey and let him learn in a better system? Um, I know SI ran with something like that earlier, um, Shelby, that I saw this morning. I think it was something that was put out there, you know, probably in the offseason and early on in the season, and of course, when Trey made the move to Dallas. The way I look at that is that I feel that if Denver looked at Trey Lance – as a potential project, somebody they could get cheap, somebody they felt that Sean could basically get him and mentor him, why proven rush, yada, yada. This organization has is pretty close, you know, with Kyle Shanahan over there, the Denver organization. I felt like they would have went ahead and traded for him from the 49ers before Dallas even did. That's the only thing I can say to that. Um, I think that this particular Denver team, the way it's structured, in my opinion – and the moves has been made. The only quarterback I believe they're going to be looking into um, is going to have to be in the draft. 
I think that if you're going to stay status quo, even if you bring Russ back next year, um, I think the signing of Stidman was really about 2025, excuse me, 2024 season, and in case you have to move on. So I don't really think, and being a bridge from who they would draft, that they're in the position to draft the top-end quarterback. So to me, to answer your question in full disclosure, Shelby, no, I don't think that's going to happen because uh, it would have happened. I think they would have traded for the 49ers if they looked at Trey being an asset. Now, with that said, the question I was going to pose out there today, if for some reason if they stopped the bleeding at 16 straight games, um, they're a touchdown underdog now. That that line started at eight, eight and a half, eight. It's dropped down to seven. If they would upset Kansas City, my question, and I'm even trying to find where I stand on this, but does that change anything? Does that change the directory of the season? In regards, does that change the attempts of possibly making moves at the trade deadline? You would be going into the bye week. You would be sitting at three and five. You would now have been able to say that you won like three out of your last four games played. It would. It, it, that's an interesting question that I don't know if I even have the answer to, and I don't know if they do, uh, because due to the fact of where this trade deadline sandwich is in, I mean it's Tuesday, the thirty first, Halloween, trick or treat. And I would just want to know, because I've laid it out here through the week, that I believe the tug of war and the reason why nobody's been moved yet, besides the obvious, letting go of Randy Gregory, letting go, uh, you know, Frank Clark, which who signs with Seattle. He's going back to Seattle. I, you know, I totally forgot that he even started the year. It, I have a bad memory. I've been telling you all in general, but I even failed to realize because a lot of Frank Clark, what he did in Kansas City and accomplished, you, you, you forget that he cut his teeth and he started with Seattle, but he's going back there. So besides those two obvious moves, there's been no other moves. So to me, this is a very interesting question. Um, if they're able to pull off an upset at home, what does that mean going forward? And I can tell you right now, it still bothers me a little bit because it leaves them still, I feel, in no man's land. False sense of security. Band-Aids, continue to put Band-Aids on little holes and trying to stop the bleeding and all. I don't know, but it's going to be very interesting to see how they approach this. Um, other news that we've kind of been paying attention to a little bit, uh, been following on this show, um, is the Deshaun Watson news. Deshaun Watson came out, um, pretty much just said, hey, this is BS about I don't want to play. Um... And if you think about it, if you really look at this situation, and I understand there's this contract, and like I said, SI.com did a good, you know, three options the Browns have. And this is, I mean, I mean, you're talking about a salary cap situation of a dead cap money if they would decide to just release Deshaun Watson after this season. Um, the point I brought up in the first hour is that there's certain fan bases that basically can grind on guys that come in as free agents or they come in that they're not drafted. They don't. There's certain there's certain franchises, and certain markets that can grind on dudes. And, and when you grind on guys from the media and you. What's 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 wrong? Pause. Oh, yeah. Pause. I didn't have to pause. I'm sorry. 
thought you were ready to be like, what are you talking about? When you do that, you have a tendency to make guys feel unappreciated and not wanted. Could you imagine if you were really hurt in pain and you have half a million, a million people and you got maybe two riders, whether they're beat riders of the team or they're national riders, and they're pounding you every day and you getting across you like, he ain't hurt, he don't want to play. There's this going on. He's not happy. He's not can, the human element. Can you imagine what that does to an individual? And and I feel that this is very slippery slopes, especially because I'm all about body language reaction for Deshaun to come out and use that language. That lets you know he's irritated with it. Now, at the same time, he could also be irritated with his play. Maybe he's irritated with his play because his play haven't been up to par because of he's hurt. He's not 100 percent. Um, this has just been a weird situation in general for the last couple weeks. But memo to the Alamo Browns backers and the media in Cleveland: be careful. You don't want to. You, you don't want to keep digging into this this fight. You you you've been this long to get to the point where you've got a particular team that you have that can compete with pretty much anybody on Sundays in the NFL. Don't keep feeding this narrative until we have 100%, 100% confirmation from either side that this is a marriage that's not working or one of the parties want a divorce. Unfortunately, by that point, it's too late. Too late. Speaking of like, either you wasted, either either you wasted the the season of a, of a defense that is on a tear, and an offense that's, that's just not losing, and a special teams or you've got your kicker special teams player of the week for the last two weeks running, and he set a new record NFL record for five consecutive games with a fifty yard plus field goal in each of those games. And you've got everything else, and now it's the offense. Now it's just the quarterback position. It's one thing to lose Nick Chubb. If you have Nick Chubb, you could run anybody out there at quarterback. Um, but now, but now it's your two hundred. That, that piece that you that you thought you got to finally get you over the hill. That piece is not only questionable, but unclear communication from both sides in the heart of this season when you say both sides you mean the cleveland organization and deshaun is that the both sides you speak of yes because he's because again he still says i felt like i was good to play week seven i just i just i just didn't have it all i wasn't 100 percent, but i felt like i was good to play last week okay so that's still his stance but the doctors are saying but he's, he's also said you know, this is something that takes four to six weeks to recover from. Okay, well, how much pain are you really in? Because you actually ha- he actually has a reputation from Houston for being a guy who's willing to play, play through pain. Now, it's a different thing if you can't throw the football in general. But if you can't throw the football in general, then why are you allowing yourself? And this goes back to the question that, that I pose every time. Why are you going back to the Baker situation and from the Stefanski situation? And again, which is why I'm saying it's unclear from both sides. That's where that mess really lies. And then there's also the fact that don't forget, too, 
Deshaun Watson had turned down Cleveland in the recruitment of Deshaun Watson. Yeah. He had turned down the team until they came back and said made it about the money. Well, we'll give you the guarantee. Nobody else will give you guaranteed. We'll do it. Because so that's where you have a fan base that's it, that's gone through now 36 starting quarterbacks. I think we might be at 37 now. In 24 years. I get it. Okay? So he's supposed to be this guy. The unclear part, the fact that you've got this defense that's on a run, the team is still 4-2. and two. <laughs> Somehow. If you had to give me the ballpark... Give me the ballpark of if you said that. Give me the ballpark of what do you think the average age is of this Cleveland defense? Is this a defense that you're telling me that you feel that's getting long in the tooth and the windows closing, or is this just still some young pieces that finally we've got the coordinator in place that knows how to put these guys in the best position? There's a reason why I'm asking you this. It's finally having the coordinator, but it's also finally being healthy, okay. and then it's the contract situation because I don't I don't think Zadaria Smith is there beyond anything more than really maybe two years. I think he's there on a one-year deal. I think that the guy that they got playing defensive tackle that they brought in, I think he's on a short-term deal because they weren't exactly sure what they had. Miles Garrett is 27 right now. Okay. He's up there, again, tied with Micah Parsons for defensive player of the year. Denzel Ward has been fortunate. I need some wood around here. And the (laughs) fact that he hasn't dealt with concussion injuries this year Mm. that he's tended to deal with. You've got the pieces. The contract is right. This, if there's a year in division to contend, huh. this is the year to do. Well, the reason why I'm asking you that is because it goes with my philosophy. Don't risk the future over one playoff run or go and run. My point is, if Deshaun is not, because I really do think this has to come. He's not being 100. percent The whole point of my second was. The media down there and the fan base got to be careful with the grassy knoll conspiracies, man, because the players read that stuff. It gets to them. And if you don't feel that he feels he's wanted or he feels like he's out to get by the media, then you have a situation that surfaces where Deshaun wants out. That's all I'm saying. But we'll get into it. We got our football Friday tomorrow. Another it's really Brady fight. Quinn's during the pot, though. Oh, Brady. Nationally. Brady Quinn. All right, man. That is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you at the snooze button and for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You grinding? Peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. 
Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 